Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Everybody and welcome to the only show that matters. Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the movie Trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilbert. You might know me by another name. You might know me as the Boat. My name is Brad Gilmore, but you might know me by another name. Baby, I love that. <laughs> that was good. Oh, it's music, if you like. Rizzo, for sure. You're a slacker, Brad. And I'm joined as always by the man, the myth, the legend. What's what's on the front of that hat, Frank? I don't want to take it off. I don't want to, and I don't want to turn around. And I forget what's on it. It just so says the first name. It just says Frank. Yeah, it just says if if lost, call this sexy number. Sexy You and Roxy player. said number at the same time. Numbers. Sexy numbers. Synergy. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about those. Oh, I'm feeling, I'm feeling those numbers. Those numbers. How you doing, Frank? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. You know what? Actually, I mean, I'm doing good now. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of a day. It was kind of a day today. You ever have just one of those days where it's just like, uh, we all have those day. days. We all have <sighs> those days. Um, and joining us, kicking us off with our great Scott moment of the week. It is the one and only the beast, William Bibiani, one half of the greatest team of all time. All in the time. Modem. One half. Let me say this. One half of the current team's champions and a former singles champion of the movie Trivia Schmodown. That's why he's our great Scott moment of the night. Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott. Great Scott, Bibbs. I still can't believe we pay for the rights to that music. Uh, thank you so <laughs> much. Uh, thank you so much, everybody. It's it's great to be here. It's great to be Scott. And um, uh, <laughs> I, love, I love both of you. I love the show. And I'm just I'm excited to talk about everything we're here to talk about today. Today is going to be a very interesting show that I'm sure is going to make a lot of news. Uh, we're talking about the Season 9 rulebook. A lot of changes in the air uh, in Season 9, also known as the reboot. It seems as though that the rulebook 
has a bit of a reboot, and William Bibiani is instrumental in that. I do see somebody said that there was breaking news in the Facebook group, and are we going to cover it? I don't know what oh, that dear. breaking news is. So we'll find out okay. in a moment. I'm typing away. I'm curious. You know, I'm very curious as to know that. Okay, so I'll I'll stall while y'all. Something, is it something about the Vespas in in Star Wars? So <laughs> we still on about that? I, you know, I don't I don't know what the news is. This break. Oh, uh, breaking news! This just in from the chairman: Rocco versus Elmo confirmed for season nine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a Patreon update. Oh, a Patreon update. No, it's a Patreon. Oh, yeah, probably yeah, yeah. what they really. Meant. Yes, that's. Yeah. I briefly was going over that just before we got on here, so uh, I also wasn't briefed uh, per se on on the update, so I do have to go through them. So I can't really comment uh, on those um, at the moment. Yeah. So that's just that's the problem with late breaking news. That's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem yeah. when you go live. You know, it's just about you never earlier. know. You never know. Okay, well, that's going to be another show at another time. Eh. We'll get to that in a minute, but let's let's eh. talk about the rule book. So, before we get into the changes for season nine, Bibbs, as a player, I want to ask you how did you feel because season eight was really the first time, or it was the first time, not really, but the first time an official rule book was implemented. We had yeah. the official. Yeah rule book that you had a lot to deal with it was all outlined in every player agreement everyone had to sign off on this rule book and i just want to ask you as part of a a framer of the rule book and a player within the confines of the rules in season eight how did you feel like they went you know uh pretty good all things considered for our first time trying to set down official rules trying to make sure everyone was on literally the same page uh there was always designed to be a living document. Some changes were made over the course of the season. Uh, as things got clarified, as we realized some things were less practical than others. Um, but um, honestly, I think we did a pretty good job of laying it all out. Uh, there were definitely some adjustments that needed to be made. I am looking at how the rule book works in season nine. Not so much as a hard reboot as an extensive video game patch. There's a lot of changes that are small quality of life changes, changes that might only affect players behind the scenes, but should make everyone's lives a little easier, at the very least, um, a little bit more straightforward. Uh, there will be some additions to the rule book that everyone at home is going to notice right off the bat, some actual changes to gameplay, and I'm very excited to talk about that. Uh, but um, yeah, we had some clarifications we needed to do. There are a few rules that were, were written okay, but as we got through the course of the season, we realized that there was either some lack of clarity or enough wiggle room that stuff needed to be redefined for this next season in order to keep everything on the same page and in order to keep um, make it easier for everybody to consistently follow the rules and not confuse one rule about what is correct as a movie title with another rule about what's okay to be slightly off on. So hopefully, hopefully we fix some of that, but it is, a big, complicated game. Every single match has different uh, questions and answers and challenges, some of which we can never possibly predict. There's always going to be something that we'll need to adjust for later, but I do think we're in a really strong place for Season 9, and I really can't wait for people to see what's coming up next. I, I mean, I love, hearing, I love hearing that from somebody who both crafted and, and had to play within the rules. Frank, when we talk about Season 
eight, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get to this, but what, what do you think the biggest uh, rule that was discussed amongst players and fans was? Was it, was it the benefit of the doubt? Yeah, I think throughout the year, the benefit of doubt was one that was talked about and how it was implemented, when it was implemented, and, uh, you know, going through uh, some of the, you know, the committee meetups and meetings of the, you know, we certainly discussed how, uh, I think that was refined, right, Bib? So, yeah, we refined um, that a yeah, little yeah. bit because it was, it was basically the original uh, benefit of the doubt rule as written in the rule book was basically there to cover any situation that was not already covered in the rule book, anything that just sort of, um, came up that needed to be handled on the fly in order for the game to progress, that there wasn't a hard, fast rule for. Um, but as, the problem was, as people started using it as a challenge, it basically became an excuse to challenge anything because ultimately it could be up to the yeah. judges. Yeah. Hopefully the rewording of not just the benefit of the doubt rule, but the rules around it regarding movie title accuracy, and we can talk a little bit about that later, should make it clear that this rule is only to be used when there is no other rule that that qualifies. Break glass Under in emergency type of thing. Right, exactly. This is this is where we did not predict this. A call needs to be made. We need to move on. Uh, and uh, there's also going to be a, a bit of a change in how um, in in and how those calls are made. And we'll talk about that very specifically, which hopefully should take some of the curse off of that and make it a little less of, oh, here's something we didn't predict. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a lot on this exact moment. Hopefully we can make that easier for everyone involved and make it move a much more smoothly as a process. So we do have a couple of big changes that should affect that. Well, then I, I feel like, Frank, we, we should not even belabor the point. So where should we start, Frank, in your estimation of, of getting into the rules? Because we have William the Beast Bibiani here. Yeah, I think um, one of the more interesting ones, Bibs, that I think uh, I think people would be curious about would be the, the line judge. Um, yeah. And, and, and um, let's go through that and how we're gonna, going to use that this coming season. So uh, basically how it has always been at the Movie Trivia Schmodown is the hosts, usually Christian and Mark, sometimes a, a different group, uh, were not only hosting the show, were not only asking the questions, but they were also responsible for determining that every single question was correct and the rules were always being followed. And they will always have a part to play in that. However, in order to make everyone's life a little bit easier, we're implementing a new rule that says there will be a line judge present at every single match. This will be someone who is not a current player or manager, probably a member of the writing staff, or in a some other uh, assigned party who has a bit more of an objective stance. Pure objectivity is not possible, but the best right. we can do. This person will be available with a printed copy of the rule book, and they will be able to win... When someone answers a question and it's clearly wrong, the host should be able to say, okay, well... No, Denzel Washington wasn't in It's a Wonderful Life. We don't need to consult the line judge for that. That's clearly wrong. Uh, however, if there is something where it's not 100% clear if this is wrong, the hosts can throw to the line judge first, and this person's sole job is to determine whether or not that meets the rule book. Now, that can still be challenged. Doesn't mean the line sure. judge is always going to be perfect. Doesn't mean there isn't going to be something that maybe the line judge isn't aware of, some detail of history or may there might be some valid reason to challenge beyond that but the line judge will have the ability to step in and the blind judge will also have the ability to say when a rule has them to follow that maybe the hosts missed oh i'm sorry that was overtime 
oh, I'm sorry, that actually, right. uh, that, that that's that we can't accept that. And that's also going to be something that the line judge is going to be able to do in situations like free-for-all. Uh, at free-for-all, right. because the, the system moves so quickly and we have to get through so many questions and so many players so fast, there are no official challenges allowed in free-for-all. However, a line judge will be present at free-for-all just in case something slips by. Just in right. case oh, they didn't write that on their board. And they'll have the ability to say that. And that will hopefully keep everything like so unbelievably above board and so unbelievably accurate that we'll never have any complaints about anything ever again. At least that's the fantasy. Right. We're going to try our very best. And just to underline this point that the line judge, a vast majority of the time or a, hopefully like all the time, would will be a writer. Um, yeah. If in, in worst case scenario, if not, then we find someone who can be as impartial as possible but the, the, the goal who, is to make it a, a writer because they're usually yeah. there for you know to make sure anything goes amiss with the, the questions itself exactly. but since they're already there for that yeah and yeah. it also needs to be someone who has read through the rule book completely is comfortable with it the rule book has you know a table of contents so we can find yeah. things very quickly and easily but it needs to be someone who knows it well enough that they can point out and say uh technically we can't accept that or technically that was not permissible or some right. other form of uh, rule book needs to be consulted. Uh, this is not basically someone who can just come in and take over the show. This is just someone who can take some of the pressure off of the hosts so that they can focus on hosting the game. And if there is anything that requires the rule book to be consulted, that's someone else's responsibility and there's a sole responsibility and they can actually, it's basically the reason why you don't have the guys doing color commentary in a football game down there being a referee. Right, hundred percent. You wanted you wanted people to be able to focus on one job at a time, and hopefully this will uh, this will clean up the process a little bit. This will make challenges a little bit easier. The hosts will still have input on challenges. It's not just going to be up to the line judge because what if the line judge is the one who made a mistake? There needs to be some process there. So if there is a challenge, there will be a conversation to be had. But um, again, hopefully this will just clean everything up, and it'll make uh, everyone's life a lot easier. And the line judge is a part of the challenge. Correct as, as well. So if someone challenges the line judge, mm -hmm. is is in on that decision making, right? You said that, that would be the idea. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Even, yeah. So like, yeah. They, it's a great they idea. Through, yeah, I think so too. I think the time has come. Um, and uh, yeah, so this will be something that we will start implementing in season nine. And I think, I think it'll make everyone's life a lot easier, and it'll make everyone again. I, I want the hosts to be able to focus on the game. I want the yeah. judge to be able to focus on the rules. I don't want the players to just be able to focus on the gameplay rather than everyone trying to keep everything, all the balls in the air at once. I will say, although it wasn't an in official, in an official capacity in FCL season one, we did kind of toy around with this throwing to Paul a lot of the times. And I'm speaking as it from a host perspective is when you read the question and then somebody gives an answer that doesn't line up to the answer that you see in your answer document. It is sometimes you're like, oh, okay, well that's wrong, but it's nice to be able to look over at, and I would look at Paul through the digital scope and just he'd give me the, the this or this. Right? Yeah. 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 And you know, and we you'll can see accept that. Other, we cannot accept that. Other trivia in other trivia competitions. Mm -hmm. Like usually Alex Trebek right, right. knew it when the answer was wrong, but every once in a while, if it's really close, he'd say, judges. And then you'd hear a beep and you'd be like, okay, well, that's acceptable or that's not. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we can throw to rather than just make a call and hope it doesn't get challenged. There's an extra line of defense so that we're pretty sure that's accurate. But again, Mistakes get made. That's why we have challenges possible. And challenges can still be made even if a line judge makes a call. Yeah. Okay. So 
on the guise of questions, um, while, while we're speaking about questions itself, um, it's come to my understanding that, you know, forever we've always had 10 questions in, in the intergeekdom round one and in teams, you get five questions in the second round and then things six, in six, six, six I'm sorry, six, yeah. six questions in the second round. And so it's always kind of been in flux. Sometimes we get confused over which division has what, right? As, as you just saw on display for me, yeah. I'm understanding that there's going to be a significant change there. Yeah, so this is one of the biggest changes that everyone's going to notice. Um, every single division, starting in Season 9, will have the same number of questions per round. Now, what this will mean, typically, Intergeekdom, and I believe Star Wars, had 10 yeah. questions in Round 1, mm -hmm. plus a bonus if you get them all right. Whereas Singles and Teams had 8 questions in Round 1, plus a bonus if you get them all right. Starting this season, Singles and Teams will also have 10 questions in Round 1, plus the potential for a bonus. Round wow. two, round two, uh, we had four questions in round two for singles, six questions in round two for teams, and I believe it was five yeah. in Star Wars and Intergeekdom. Uh, and now that will be five questions across the board, regardless of division. Wow, okay. So this we have 10 in round one, five in yeah. round two, so 15 questions already. Mm -hmm. in. if we're talking singles and teams, that's kind of a significant change, it's especially for... Singles, yeah. yeah, so and what we've got is uh, now the round three, uh, any round that we didn't just describe will remain the same. Round three, round uh, the betting round, the lightning round, or, or all these things will remain basically the same. It's just those two that we were just, we're just making yeah. everything uniform. And this is also, I think, a really good idea because this will add an opportunity in singles and teams in particular uh, to break some new records. You know, like to actually like give people an opportunity to shine uh, uh, more than they have before. You know, no one's ever gotten 11 questions right in round one before. So the first person who does that yeah. is going to have quite the feather in their cap. Uh, this should, uh, um, again, and also this will make things a little bit more challenging, I think, in singles as well, because there's just a few more opportunities to get a question wrong. Yeah, and, and for your opponent to get a, a significant lead on you. I mean, yeah. coming out of round coming out of round one, if if you know eight questions and you only answer six or whatever, I mean, you know, you you can still be in the fighting chance, but uh, yeah. ten questions that's that's a pretty significant run there. If if you hit yes. a dry spell, you know, you're going to be playing from behind pretty exactly. seriously. However, you could also look at it as look at, for example, the match between uh, Josh Horowitz and Griffin Newman where mm -hmm. Josh Horowitz missed the first few questions. Things were not looking good. Yeah, but by the end questions. of that round, he was able to get closer to Newman. With two more questions, he would have had an opportunity to perhaps get the edge on Newman. Yeah. So you could have a rough start and then make your way back by the end of round one. Could be so very interesting. You're right. This could increase the number of opportunities for gameplay to shift. And yes, if there is a particularly tough match for somebody... You know, someone could get off to a gigantic lead, but that could happen anyway. We're looking at a, uh, only right. like two additional points in that round. And again, you'll have more opportunity, especially in singles, to make up ground in uh, round two because you have an extra question, potentially more opportunities for steals. There you go. I like that a lot. I mean, wow. I think that makes the most sense to, to uniform uh, all the divisions in terms of format. Uh, I like that a lot. And I think it's also a lot easier for 
potential and new incoming fans to not yeah. be like, wait, there's eight here, but there's 10 over there and there's five it here. Feels, there's four on the here. outside looking in, you know, you realize that like, these are all done for a reason that mm-hmm. inner geekdom and star Wars are so much more information intensive, even in round one, they get a lot more specific. So you want more questions. You want it to be more challenging, but now that the show has been around for a while, now that we're looking for more audiences, it does look on the outside potentially a little arbitrary and having things being uniform you don't have to explain wait why are there six questions in round two it's just clear concise and we're not adjusting the point totals dramatically you can get a couple more points in round one or a couple uh, a couple more points in round two or like one or two points less in round two if you're in teams but it's not a dramatic shift it's just clear and uniform and we hope and i'm pretty sure it will this will give us an opportunity to uh, see some different point spreads. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah I like I mean, that. And you're right. I was going to no, just, just say, gonna, yeah. looking on it from the outside, it really was, it did seem like an arbitrary thing, yeah, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, so this one has 10 just to make it different. This one has six just to make it different or what have you. I think uniformity, especially since it's all within the same league, it's different from NFL to college ball. You can have your differences there. But when you yeah. talk about, all these divisions are within the same, you know, league. I think it should have a, a uniformity to it. And mm-hmm. and you're right. The point spreads are different. Griffin Gr- Griffey Nooms versus Josh Horowitz is an excellent example of how this could be massively beneficial to a player coming from behind or what have you. So okay. I do like that. But some of these records that we've grown to know and love could either – I guess they all could be broken now, right? Theoretically. Be broken? Now teams broken. might be different, right? Teams yeah. could be different because there's not as many questions. Well, but there's actually more point. Oh, there is more. Points. There's more in first round. There's more points because yeah, right. you can actually because there's more points in round one. There actually is slightly more opportunity for points. It's less in round two, without steals. But in singles, for example, I believe I'm trying to think. Frank, you're you're the numbers guy. What is like the maximum score you can get in singles Ooh. previously without steals? Oh, that's a good question. That I it's should. Ten in round I have, two. I've, it's nine. I figured it out. Nineteen. It's, it's twenty-seven. Right. Around without steals, yeah, with, yeah, without steals, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'd be 27, and now this that should uh make this up to there's 11 points possible in round one, 29, 10 points possible in round two. So 30, you could make the maximum without steals could be up to 31, yeah. So there's yeah, a there's, there's a difference. higher ceiling here, there's more opportunity for people to shine, and we're not going to see these stats right now where there's like there's a lot of people out there with the perfect round one, they still had a perfect round one, but now we get to look at it. Who's going to get a perfect round one with more opportunities potentially? To get yeah, to I, w- I will say in terms of records, you know, there, there for at least for singles, you know, there was the era of six questions in the first round, then it went to eight, and now it's going to ten. And so those there's records for perfect first rounds with six questions for eight questions, and there will be now one for ten questions. And so there will be a different kind of uh, metric or the way a little bit of a separation of oh, this era of the format of the game will look like this. For mm-hmm. certain types, of, like, you know, perfect second rounds will be different because if you're going from four to five in singles, um, those are two different types of records because yeah. of opportunities and whatnot. So little tiny little things like that we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll the, see on the record book page the people who uh, The people who obsess over the stats will have something to play with, and I hope they have fun. Yeah. I hope this doesn't make them pull their hair out. But, you know, 
sports have like changed rules like really late in the game like it was like it's you guys know more about basketball than i do the three-pointer wasn't institutionalized until quite a long time after basketball was an yeah. and they've also changed the distance of the three-point yeah. line as well sure. so yeah so these things yeah. happen we're still pretty early in the long scheme uh in the history of this game so a couple of changes like this that might seem pretty big on the outside i'm pretty sure that once we start playing this will not seem that dramatic but it will i think open up gameplay and give a lot more people opportunity to again come around from behind prove themselves and uh adjust the game in an exciting way yeah i mean evolution of rules and evolution of sports you you see it all the time in the first year of the ufc there were no weight limits you could kick the guy in the groin and throw him out of the cage i mean like (laughs) (laughs) like, Like maybe maybe we should have a rule about that i don't know yeah (laughs) like let's let's figure this out here you know what i mean maybe a guy weighs 100 pounds and 400 pounds shouldn't be in the same ring together so yeah definitely things move frank you wanted to highlight something there no just uh hold on hold on hold on hold on super chat from jesse swift there he says i don't see Streamlabs, but hey there bib so how you doing Jesse? jesse And Jesse also tackle Swift, yes, awesome player. I really hope he gets to play a lot more next season, uh, because uh, yeah, what a what a great guy. And Seriously. Josh, Josh, Howell in the chat with the stat check. Nineteen seventy nine was when they added yeah. the three point line. I was going to say eighty something. Yeah, yeah, it's a long yeah. time. There must, I, I I wasn't there for that, but I can I can only imagine that some sports fans would be like, "You're doing what now?" <laughs> right, that's, right. And that seemed like kind of a big change. And now we can't imagine basketball yeah. without. So right, right. you know, there you go. Um, so what do you want to talk about next? So Frank, I'm going to let you take the wheel here. Yeah. Yeah. So the one I'm curious about, and I've seen this in the chat a little bit, uh, Mm. movie title accuracy. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So this was something where this is a difficult thing to pin down in a rule book. Um, because you want to make sure that the titles are given accurately, but you also need to understand that there are certain situations in which some minor colloquial changes or in which someone doesn't understand the correct pronunciation of something uh, might be considered acceptable or okay. And so what we have done is we have rewritten the rule book and we've tried to be as particular as possible and we've used some in-game examples from this last season to specifically clarify what is allowed and what isn't allowed. Um, For example, one example from this season was the Raya the Last Dragon controversy. Right. I forget who it was. Someone uh, said Raya, the last dragon, Raya and the last dragon as a question. I think it was Janine. Was it Janine? I think, I think it was Janine. Yes. I can't remember if it was Janine specifically. Um, okay, yeah, was, and, uh, but basically what, it, what happened was the player left out the word and, but because there was uh, some judicious uh, uh, application of the benefit of the doubt rule, it was considered close enough. Uh, that is very specifically in the rule book as you cannot change a word in the middle of a title. You word the title needs to be accurate, and there's only a couple of situations in which we will allow the title to be incomplete or slightly off. Uh, and one of these is if you leave out, and I know this is this is like this is English major stuff, but we've tried to define it as clearly as we can. Um, in the English language, we in many other languages we have an article. It's usually a or the in order to clarify. Uh, this is a team champion which would be, you know, someone like, I don't know, Jeff Snyder or JTE, they were a team champion, but I am the team champion right now. Mm-hmm. Clarifying currently, boom, the one. If the title is long enough, you can leave that out, but you cannot change it. So for example, if you wrote 
if the question was uh, which Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins movie won the Academy Award for Best Picture, the title is either The Silence of the Lambs, which is fully accurate. We will also accept Silence of the Lambs, but we can't accept A Silence of the Lambs, nor can we accept Silence of the Lambs. Right. Minor thing right at the front we might allow. The only other thing that we are going to allow from here on out, regard again, minor spelling issue, minor pronunciation issue aside, the only other thing we're going to allow, and this is a new rule, and it's going to put a bit of the onus on the writers. If the question has sufficient context, you don't necessarily need to clarify further. And what I mean is this. If you asked me uh, which Michael Bay movie has Patrick Dempsey in it, I would have to say, Transformers, the dark side of the moon, or Transformers, dark of the side of the moon. Sorry, Transformers, dark of the moon. Isn't dark it? The, there you go. There you go. Yes, there you go. See, there you go. I would have lost points, <laughs> but, but I would say Transformers, dark of the moon. However, if you had said which Transformers movie has Patrick Dempsey in it, mm -hmm. a player could say dark of the moon because the question clarifies Transformers. Right, because it's so about a franchise. So this works for inner geeks and players. You know, if you're looking at, uh, you know. Uh, if they say which Indiana Jones movie has so-and-so, you can just say the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. It's implied in the question. This can also be applied in questions where there is perhaps some confusion over multiple movies with the same title. So, for example, if someone said, uh, David Gordon Green directed which horror requel, you would need to say Halloween 2018 because there are three movies with Halloween in that franchise. Mm -hmm. However, if you had said David Gordon Green directed which horror requel from 2018, you can sufficiently say Halloween because that was the only Halloween that came out in 2018. So if writers want to avoid these kinds of challenges, they can specify right. more clearly. There was, a, there was another uh, example this season where someone said, I believe the question was something along the lines of, um, which Queen Latifah movie was a spinoff of the Barbershop series? And there was some, there was a challenge because there was oh, a yeah. silent movie called Beauty Shop. Mm -hmm. However, Queen Latifah was not alive then. Ergo, <laughs> right, right. the idea of challenging it to be a silent film is obviously not necessary. Clearly, we mean the one when Queen Latifah was alive. So that should hopefully make challenges more clear. And that should hopefully give writers an opportunity to avoid challenges by adding future context. In your question. Uh, Justin, Justin Square has an interesting question here. But how would you rule this one? Zombieland, double tap versus Zombieland 2? Uh, unless it was released as Zombieland 2, that is Zombieland, double tap. There you go. So that would be incorrect. Yeah. Like, Let me ask you this. Going back to the article. For example, Godzilla versus Kong. If you were looking for the most recent one, that would be correct. If you said Godzilla versus King Kong. That would be incorrect. If you said King Kong versus Godzilla, that would be incorrect because there yeah. was a 1960s version. Unless, and no, no, unless the title needs to be accurate. Yeah. So, boom. Let, Let me, me ask have you this. a similar thing with, with Scream coming out. It's called Scream. Yeah, you're going to need to clarify. Either yeah. the question needs to clarify the filmmakers or the year or the uh, the player will need to, depending on how the, the onus is on the player. Yeah. Let yeah. me ask you this, though. Going to the back the, to the articles thing, mm -hmm. um, you said silence lambs is incorrect you said a yeah. silence of the lambs is incorrect right Correct. yeah so um i think this actually happened in a match you were in mm -hmm. girl with a pearl earring and the girl with the pearl earring right mm -hmm. 
Um, you, could, you could leave off the article at the front, like the girl with the pearl earring. You could just say girl with the pearl earring. But if you get a word wrong in the middle, even if it's a little word, that's wrong. So girl with a pearl earring, wrong. I girl believe that is the, the correct pearl word, earring. Okay, Whichever. Yeah, you, I, believe you know I believe the title is girl with the pearl earring. And if you said girl with a pearl earring, that would be wrong. And if I'm getting that mixed up, then the uh, then the vice versa would be the case. Right. Okay. The title, okay. Basically, here's what it boils down to. The title needs to be accurate. We can cut you a little bit of slack if you leave off the article because you're just saying, oh, Silence of the Lambs. Fine. Right. But the title needs to be accurate. The words need to be accurate. The pronunciation needs to be at least plausibly accurate. And if there's any sort of confusion because of multiple titles, there may be a case where the question can be written in such a way to avoid it. But or or, for example, if you're talking about a movie in a franchise and the question is, um, I'm trying to think of a, a good example here where um, uh, which uh, which Freddy Krueger movie uh, is the fourth in the series. You could just say the Dream Master and that would be acceptable because we've already clarified it's Nightmare on Elm Street film. But other than that, you would have to give the whole title. Those okay. are the only exceptions to the rule. Otherwise, the title needs to be 100% accurate. I mean, Elias here in the chat is talking about it, chapter two versus part two. You would need chapter two. I believe two. chapter two is the, is the right. correct full title yeah. there. Yeah. Okay, let me ask you this. Probably, but I, believe, I believe that's correct. You say you can leave an article off the beginning. Only right? off the beginning. Only off the beginning and only if it's like more than like one word. But, but okay, let me go back to the example that people always w would – go to when they talk about differences in movies that have similar titles room versus the room if yep. i was talking about the room but mm -hmm. i just said room generally speaking because there's only one word except for the article and that's this is in the rule book you need the article there yeah that's like the one thing okay. if there's more than one word it's fine same i realize this is i realize this sounds like we're really getting in the weeds here but this is the nitpicky stuff we need to have in the rule book yeah. for when this comes out this might not oh, be I the agree. most exciting conversation we've ever had, but that's that's a case where we right. need it. But another thing is that we will also have questions that will clarify, you know, which one. I mean, be. bottom line here for players out there is get the title right. Get the title exactly correct, and you won't have to worry about it. Get the title right, you will not have any problems. Yeah, that's but I can definitely that. see if somebody yeah. says Back to the Future Two, and the title is actually Back to the Future Part Two, mm -hmm. there's going to be a challenge thrown on that. Right. I think there would be a challenge thrown on that. The best I could do is say if you're in the inner geekdom category where it's a it's dystopian future and time travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they said, uh, which Back to the Future movie uh, takes place in the future? You could say part two. That would be acceptable because we've already clarified Back yeah. to the Future. But yeah. you can't say like if the title was Back to the Future. Elizabeth Shue first clear. appears yeah. in which. You would need but, 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 like, yeah, yeah. But part two and two are different things, right? right? I mean, according to the yeah. So you have to say yeah. part two, you can't not just two. The number of the movie. But yeah, no, I'm saying if you, you can't do that. that's that's not the title. No, 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 no. I'm saying like if I said Back to the Future two, mm -hmm. that would be incorrect. That's not the That'd title. Be okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I got it. Okay, that, that that's big. That's gonna cause some consternation, just, and I'm just excited the about title it. Right. But that's like, but also have. at the same at the same time, how can someone argue against? that challenge if you're if you're gonna if we're gonna tell you this is the exact you know title of the movie it's really hard to to fight that yeah. um, unless unless you don't know for sure and yeah. maybe you think you're right and maybe there there is some yeah. and again the writers can yeah. decide to write the question in such a way that you don't need to be that exact and it can only give the subtitle for example right so ASG says, only in certain situations you're not gonna be able to do that for a movie where there are no sequels 
See, he no. says Godfather 2. It's got to be Godfather Part 2. Godfather, Godfather, Godfather 2 is 100% inaccurate. Yeah. Wow. But it's not the end of yes. that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that's this. What, that's, that's what we're talking about this. there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What would you say, Bibbs, when you look at the landscape of the rule changes that are going to be implemented in season two? What is the one where, where you really think this is this is going to be a big deal? Other than that, oh, one, that oh, one was huge. Oh yeah, uh, we it's it's we made a change in round two. Oh and, yeah, uh, and I will give I want to give uh, we we had a bigger group of people that were part of the rules committee this year, and we all we we didn't look at any rule as though it was sacred. We looked at every rule. It's like, what if we could change this and make it better? Yeah. And to Christian's 100% credit, he was very open to this. Not everything we proposed made it in the rule book, but this one did. There has been some discussion, and I've seen it in the Reddits and the Facebooks, of uh, spinners and opponents' choice. And I've heard some rumors going around that, like, oh, maybe we'll get rid of spinners and opponents' choice. Spinners and opponents' choice have been a major game changer in the Schmodown, uh, sometimes to people's... Uh, uh, great celebration and sometimes people's great consternation uh we've decided that a change needs to be made for that but it's not what you think we're not just getting rid of spinners and opponents choice we have decided to change it a little uh frank we have a visual aid for this one yes we do the first card uh just so the people can see this is what the wheel has looked like this is a a totally a temporary wheel this is not the official wheel and what it looks like (laughs) yeah but this is basically what the wheel looked like in previous seasons there's 12 uh, slices 10 are for categories and two are for spinners and opponents choice and if you land on spinners and opponents choice uh generally speaking you have to take it those are the rules yes you, so you this is a season eight choice ben bateman's the only one who's ever done that it was a cocky move but theoretically you could do it but if you get opponents you're stuck with it that's basically right, right. um and that could completely turn the tide of a game we decided to keep that but make a twist. And so can we see the next wheel for the next season? Boom. Whoa. There you go. Wild card. Instead of having 10 categories and spinners and opponents, we have nine categories and three wild card slices. These slices, you do not have to keep them if you spin on them on your first spin. You can make a choice to keep them. If you spin on them on your second spin, you're stuck with it. The wild card will not be revealed until you spin on it and you elect to keep it or you have to keep it, at which point we will reveal what is under the wild card. Here's what's under the wild cards. One wild card per match will always be spinner's choice. One wild card per match will always be opponent's choice. And one wild card per match will always be a brand new category that has never been used before. Whoa! It could be anything. It could be a dead serious category. It could be a comic relief category. It will have real trivia questions. And this will be, we think this adds an interesting element of strategy here because you know that if you take a wild card, you're taking a chance that it could screw you over. However, let's say you spin second and your opponent gets a wild card and whatever it is, you know now that your odds have changed if you picked another wild card. So let's say I'm playing... Ben Bateman. Let's say I spin first and I spin a wild card and dang it, I get opponent's choice. Doesn't look well for me. But then Ben in his first spin, he gets a wild card as well. And that means that that wild card is either spinner's choice, really, really good for him or a random category. And depending on how he's feeling about the wheel, 
that random category might not be too scary. So that could completely change the strategy of the game, and that'll work for whoever gets that card first or second. Um, the position of the cards will change every single match, uh, and uh, it, again, it will be on the writers to make sure that the new categories are fun and exciting. And of course, they're not going to be absurdly difficult. They're not going to be like you know the hardest category you've ever had. That will be a real category. It's just nothing that a player could have practiced for. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So this this definitely changes one strategy of the game. Uh, this changes a lot of the strategy of the game. I mean, so conceivably. Now let me ask you this: um, Players have always been able to put uh, a certain strength on the wheel. That's Two that's going to remain, right? That's going to. There's actually a slight change to that. Singles and teams, you've always been able to pick two categories, and that remains the same. Inner mm -hmm. geekdom, because last season we added so many categories, we have added a rule that says inner geekdom players can now add one category. Wow. Per okay. Like they're one one uh, uh, piece of expertise. They're guaranteed to have it on the wheel. Their choice, what it is, and in uh, championship matches, just like now, the champion can elect not to have these bonus slices on the wheel. They could just have nothing but categories if they choose. And in the case of inner geekdom, if they remove the wildcard slices, then both the champion and the and the uh, challenger will be able to pick two categories each rather than just one. But oh, wow. That's uh, then that, and also these wild cards in inner geekdom. You just so we, we're clear, we had a long conversation about this. There will be a new category in something like inner geekdom in Star Wars, but it won't be allowed to include any movies that are not already eligible for inner geekdom in Star Wars. So it'll be more of a specialty. So, for example, if someone in inner geekdom spins a wild card and it's the random category, the category wouldn't be something like I don't know, Twilight something that no one knew to study for. That would be completely inappropriate. But it could be something like Famous Swords. Yeah. And you would have to talk about, like, there would be trivia about different swords from different movie franchises. And it's just basically plucking information that could have been asked at any time, but putting it all together in a way that maybe will challenge people to think slightly outside the box than usual. And that would be the same case for Star Wars as well. There could be a category that's dedicated to nothing but Dagobah. You know, like that could be something you all of a sudden. Like famous sci-fi cars, right? Yeah, exactly. Famous sci-fi cars. Any any movie in the inner geekdom that has a sci-fi car and it would be eligible for that kind of thing. Yeah. And so, also, I think uh, the community should know that we did test this. Yes. Uh, I was going to ask. We yeah. did test. We did some mock matches. Yeah. Uh, who was in the mock won. match? <laughs> it was me and Ben Bateman. Yeah. You yeah. and Ben so Bateman? Is oh, boy. Boy. We did, I got bootlegs, Brad. I got bootleg versions of these matches. I'm selling really? them on. Yeah. We, <laughs> no. did, we did probably about <laughs> two dozen mock matches. Yeah. If I'm two being dozen? Honest. And we, yeah. we wanted to test this out, and we tested this out a bunch of different ways. We tested this out like, okay, well, what if there was only two wildcard slices, but one of them would be sort of randomly spinners or opponents and we realized that well depending on how people land on that it might not spinners might come up way more often and then it doesn't feel fair yeah so we tested this out a whole bunch of different ways and this was the version of it that was the most fun this yeah. was the version that added a little bit of challenge this was a version that and again there are going to be matches where this doesn't matter at all there are going to be matches where someone just spins a regular category and they take it. Right. And their opponent spins a regular category and they take it. And it's just a normal match and nothing weird happens. But that moment where you realize, oh, I am stuck with a random category. I have no idea what it is. Is it something that I know? Oh, it is. What a treat. 
and oh, it's something that I've never studied for because I don't even like the genre, and that completely changes the game. Oh my gosh. It should be a lot of fun, and I think it's also, it's not just random, though. There's a lot of strategy involved in it. I want to so address. I really do think this is going to be an exciting addition. Just want to address Mark Jones. Chat. Let's put in super chat here. He says, "How is the wild card decided when they hit it? Is each wild card underlying slides known in advance or randomly picked at that moment? Just running what happens if you hit the same wild card twice?" The the idea right now, and I believe this is set in stone, is uh, you cannot hit if you hit. Okay, before the match, the wild cards will be determined, but obviously the players will not know. This is why, if, you, if you'll bring up uh, the cards again. Sure. Can we do that real fast? Yeah. The side-by-side one or just the... Okay, so you'll see, like, and this is, and again, this is not what they're going to look like. But you'll see that the wild cards are different color-coded. So, for example, if they land on the wild, the yellow wild card, or, the, or wild card number three, or however we decide ultimately to differentiate them, the hosts will know that number three, for example, is opponent's choice. And that number one was the random category and number two was spinner's choice. And that will be clear. You cannot land on the same wild card twice. Which is another thing where if you get spinners, your opponent can't also get spinners. And that's another factor that right. you have to think about strategy. All right. That's a game changer, that's man. Biggest, that is, that is a, a that is a significant game changer. Yeah. It's a huge shift, and I think it's gonna be really exciting, and I can't wait to see it in action because we had a lot of fun with it. We now, were, were, were there some people who are resistant, <laughs> resistant to this change? I mean, uh, I mean, I mean were, were there people lightly. who were? No, none of us took it lightly. None of us. Every single change. There were a few changes where we're just like, yeah, that makes sense. But the majority of any major change, we seriously talked it out. We didn't want to make a change just to make a change, and we didn't want to make a yeah. change that would hurt anybody. We want to make a change that will affect everybody more or less equally and add an element to the game that would, could be, A, fun for the people at home, add a little bit of unpredictability, but also is something that affects strategy. It has to be something that people can strategize with to one extent or another. And I think this is, the, this is what we came up with. We had a bunch of different ideas. This is what we came up with. And after extensive playtesting, this is the one we really like. And I think we're going to like it too. Yeah, uh, that that is exciting. That is definitely an exciting one, um, Frank. Yeah, Ben Bateman in the chat says I played Beast legit twenty plus times. It was savage. <laughs> that was that was oh, I wish we filmed it. It was so great. We should have. Uh, I actually I think we did record one session, but I don't know if that was one of the times mm, we recorded. We often recorded it just so that we could play back. If we had any. Like, yeah. Wait, what did we decide? That kind of thing. But I don't so, know who has those recordings. I don't think, and we don't. Or PJ oh, does, I think. You I think know PJ who has. We're not releasing that. Yeah, we know we're not releasing that at all. But no, 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 no. It was. I'm sure. It was. Sure it was. Foul was language slipped in there. Um, but um, <laughs> but uh, no, we we played this multiple times. We really wanted to make sure that we considered as many. And again, there's always going to be something you can't predict. But we yeah. wanted to make sure that we encountered this from as many different opportunities. Is it different if your opponent is way ahead of you? What kind of strategy you want to do if you land on a wild card? Yeah. Depending on like what categories are on the wheel, if the categories benefit you, or if the categories are mostly very scary to you, does that change how you want to use a wild card? I think it's really exciting. Yeah, and honestly, too, um, just from an audience perspective, I think one of the things that I kind of really latched onto is the idea that when we have a live event and someone lands on a wild card, that crowd, 
whether they like that player opinions. or not, there's gonna there's gonna be some shouting of whether or not they should take it. Like the price is right. it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's gonna be so much fun, I think, as a, as an audience member, as someone in the crowd watching the game, uh, to try and influence a player to take it or or not. And and that's I think that's also part of the fun with with this new implementation of the second round uh, for players and for the and for the audience and the community. Yeah, and this is great. This is great. I love this. We got another. Um, uh, Coming here from Dagan as Barad. Super chat. Super chat. That was pretty close. I thought. I thought Bibbs. I thought he was the soundbite for a second, but <laughs> sounded like him. That was really close. Dagan as Barad says, "Hey guys, lots of great new info. Does this mean there will be three new categories in title matches if they elect to put, if they elect to not put spinners opponents on there? Do they still have that option? That option is still mm-hmm. there. The champion is still has the option of making the wheel." completely devoid of any randomness they can just say i want the wheel to be nothing but straight categories and they'll still get to pick two categories their opponent will still get to pick two categories but they just won't have the wild cards but that's only in championship matches okay interesting changes here these these are these are definitely game altering decisions that yeah. players are going to have to make now um Very it's not as easy yeah. it's not as honestly this this ups the degree of difficulty for the game in my opinion i, think so. I mean it's not an easy choice to go with the wild card <laughs> ever you just do not yeah. know what to expect now depends let me ask what, you that is depends that what position you are at, at that time you know in the yeah. game it depends but is that something that you that you might be somewhat fearful of of like people are so going to be so intimidated by this wild card that they're just not even going to go for it i would be i think it depends on your position going in um, mm-hmm. I imagine there's going to be a lot of people playing it very, very safe. But again, if your opponent spins a wild card before you do, and that narrows it down, and you know spinner's choice is off the table, you definitely might want to spin away for that yeah. wild card. You know, yeah. that's or if it's like it could be 50-50 and you have to make a choice. It's a gamble now. You are gambling on a wild card. It's not just you land on it or you don't. You have to gamble. And I think that's something that some people are going to do, some people are not going to do. And again, you only get one mulligan. So if you spin it the second time, that's another thing where I could land on a wild card. It could still screw me over. So this will affect the decision-making process in round two a lot. Super chat. chat. AJ AJ Lancaster by way of Eric Chan. Sorry there, Frank. (laughs) Uh, In a five-round match, do wild cards reset between rounds two and three? I don't have that in front of me. I believe they do not. However, we can double-check on that. So I don't have yeah, that. I don't think they do either. I think we just kind of yeah. play the wheel as it lies, as we, we have play the wheel the as it lies. But we will double check on that, yeah. and we'll yeah. confirm that obviously before we get to a five uh, five rounder. So, so in the in the betting round, you can still land on a wild card, and you don't know if it's opponent spinners or or what have you. As right? long as it hasn't been taken, yes. And then that actually reminds you, there's another new rule regarding the betting round, and this is something that just this is a quality of life change. This isn't going to completely reinvent the game. But previously, whoever is ahead, or if there's a tie, whoever came in second, spins the wheel in the betting round. And then whatever they spin, that's where the new category is. Starting the season, they get one mulligan. So if you're ahead mm. going into the betting round, that's an additional advantage to the player where if you don't like the category, you can spin it again. You still might not get a category you liked, but you have that option. So that is a new rule going into the next season as well, and that should hopefully add a little bit more strategy into the betting round, which is an exciting prospect. 
Absolutely, because if if you're saying in the lead and you spin on the betting round and you land on an, an obvious known strength of your opponent, mm-hmm. now I can spin it again. Yep. Hopefully that wouldn't come up. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. That does that actually yeah. that adds a lot more. That really makes make you, you really want to be ahead going into round three. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you always want to be ahead, but now but even man, more yeah. so because you yeah, do yeah. not want you you don't want that to happen. Um, so Obviously, the wild card rule is going to be hotly uh, debated yeah. amongst the Schmodown community. I'm excited to see it. I think that this yeah. is probably this is the game's three point line. I hope so. You know, we were but, just talking yeah. about it. This is yeah. the game's three yeah. point line. This is the yeah. revolutionary change. Well, and again, I just hope it makes the match more fun. Based on our play testing, it does. So yeah, I really do think it's going to be a hoot, and I think everyone's going to really enjoy it. There's a few other rule changes that are. You know, really, really minor, and they only take place behind the scenes. I'm not going to bother everyone with those. Uh, I encourage everyone uh, who's actually playing the game to read the whole rule book. Uh, but uh, there's a couple more that I want to uh, talk about on the show. Because yeah, let's do it. We've we'll talked about, uh, in particular, uh, the whiteboard rule. Yes. So previously, when we were doing in-studio matches and live matches, players would receive a whiteboard for round one. And then they would only then they would, that match. Then the red board would be taken away after round one, and the player would get it again if there was a betting round or if sudden death came along. In digital matches, there was no one to take away our whiteboard, so some players, I'm not going to name names, like Harper. You mean their name rhymes with Thomas Schmarper. <laughs> I uh, love Harper. I know Harper's like in the it. chat. They're not alone. They're I know not Harper's alone. in the chat. So they're yeah. not alone. There's, some yeah. players have been t- taken to using the whiteboard in the middle of round two or round three or so on for various reasons. It's because there's a long, complicated question. You want to write stuff down. You want to check the spelling pronunciation. There's a lot of reasons. We had a long debate over whether that that should be officially allowed or whether that needs to be a rule against it. And this was maybe the most hotly contested one. There was a true. lot of debate about this. This was true. A lot. Love it. And what it ultimately boiled down to was a call was made, and starting next season, whiteboards are not allowed except in whiteboard rounds. So you get them in round one, you get them in the in the betting round, and you do not and you get them in sudden death. You're not allowed to have them any other time. Yeah. This is and great news. And that's it. I do think it, it was a look, it was a byproduct of the digital age. Sign of the times. Um, yeah. It was just, yeah, it, it was definitely it a sign of the time us to make this a rule because it was never an issue because there was always someone to take away a whiteboard. And, and that's but, how it had always had been done um, yeah. as well. So it was just, again, just matter of circumstance with the digital era. And uh, now that that was kind of implemented into the game, kind of in an unofficial capacity, they're kind of at this time begged for a rule to be in place now that we're transferring out of the digital age and into studio matches again, because there was that question of like, well, how does this? And so I think a rule is really the best way to kind of squash any kind of uh, confusion or yeah. wondering about this. There, there was so much conversation about this. Like, is it really that big a deal? Um, is it giving anybody an unfair advantage? Well, technically, no, because anyone could use it. But that doesn't mean it actually benefits everybody. Right. So ultimately, we decided to go back to the way it has always been played because that functioned well and it was very clean and there was no debate. So that's what it is. No more whiteboards except for round two, betting round, and sudden death. Wow, okay. Minor change, but it changed nonetheless. I think that that's an impactful one. You said there were other ones. There's there's two other rules that I want to talk about today before we go. Um, 
One is relatively small, but I do think it will affect uh, the way people have to study. Um, in the most recent seasons, inner geekdom categories have been available for people in singles and teams by request. Starting this season, those are just categories that could wind up on the wheel regardless. So if you see an inner previously, like let's say I was playing, I don't know, I'm playing Griffin Newman, and I and I didn't put Harry Potter on the wheel, but Harry Potter is on the wheel. That immediately tells me that he put that on the wheel. Mm -hmm. Now that could just randomly show up. Yeah. So those are all categories that everyone is going to need to have at least some working knowledge of. That is not just an Ergetum category anymore. That could just pop up anytime. So that's something new, not a gigantic change, but it's something people need to be aware of. The other big change, and this is something that we have kind of grandfathered in in the digital era because new releases stopped being theatrical only for a while. There were a lot of films that were released simultaneously in theaters and digitally, and there were also some films that were released exclusively on uh, streaming services like Netflix or Disney Plus uh, that we were just, that we decided that as long as there was a clear list of what is uh, uh, allowed in new releases, that these digital only releases are acceptable. Now, we're not suddenly opening the floodgates and allowing digital releases in every single aspect of the movie trivia showdown. However, there is now going to be a streaming slice. Wow. There is a streaming slice. The streaming slice may consist of films from uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney. There's, there's multiple different streaming services that this is allowed. However, because movies that are released on streaming services are constant. There's new ones every single week. And it's very difficult to keep up with that and keep up with all the theatrical releases. This particular wheel slice will have a list of eligible films. This will be made available to the players, not necessarily to the audience. But this will be available to the players so that people know this is a Netflix film that I do have to see. Whereas perhaps this crappy Christmas movie about two people falling in love on a small island that was clearly made <laughs> for $100, <laughs> that one isn't necessarily going to be on the list. So you can see what is available there. And Sorry, Brad, not. your debut film will stuff. not be in the showdown. There's a lot say, I think Vince just described it to a T. <laughs> Uh, so there's a lot of exclusions that will not necessarily be available. There are also situations in which there are specific categories which may also have some streaming movies included. However, in any situation like that, the players will be uh, made aware that, for example, if there is a question about Hubie Halloween in an Adam mm. Sandler slice, solid film, that, that, is, that that is an acceptable film. You cannot spring a digital movie onto people without them knowing that that's coming. So every single category this season and onward, um, there is either a list of films that are eligible if it's small enough, or at the very least, if a player asks, there needs to be a very specific set of uh, uh, parameters so that people know what to study and what not to. So everything needs to have a clear definition in the case of something really broad, like 1970s. Well, if it came out between 1970 and 1979, it's in. That's it. But in the case of something like Robert Rodriguez, well, wait, wasn't We Can Be Heroes a Netflix-only movie? That needs to be clarified. Mm, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so we have streaming slice. We have no whiteboard. 
Nope. Um, we have the wild card. I, look, the thing is, Frank, you've been working on these rules, so you're, you're aware of these, or at least you've been aware of them. This is all new information for me. Oh, yeah, no, kind of mind blowing. I thought I, I thought I, I didn't told know you any about of the wild card. I thought I told you about the wild, wild card one. I have, I have no recollection of a wild card okay. rule. If that you told be. me, I was probably ignoring you like most of the time. That's but also, I, th that's also these, these are really mind blowing changes for me, and I think it's going to take everyone some time to um, wrap their head around it. PLD is telling me that he told me too, but again, he's another person I completely ignore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but but I think these are going to take some time, to, and I'm I'm really interested to see. Let me ask you this: Will yep. there be a mid-season review, or is there any review point of oh. the rules, or is it going to be always, we're stuck? Again, the rules are a living document. Yes, the rules are a living document. Again, I look at like the, the rule book like patch notes. Okay, when you're playing a video game, like if you're if like oh we patched the game. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, this one hero now is like completely OP. Well, we need to be able to scale that back if something happens. We've we've done as much testing as we can to make sure that that won't be necessary. But mm -hmm. if, a, if a minor change needs to be made, it will be made. But right now, this is the plan. This is the outline. This is how we're going to make it work. And again, there's a few minor quality of life changes uh, throughout. There is no longer a hard and fast rule that says uh, other members on your faction can't be a manager because that kind of got flew out the window halfway through the season anyway. So now... That's not breaking a rule. That's just not a rule. Um, so there's stuff like that that's in there as well. That it's all just there to sort of keep the game comfortable, keep the game clear. A few things we're going to have to adjust to, but I think once we do, once we see these things in action, it's going to be just like coming home again. It's going to be real simple, straightforward. Oh man, this is awesome. Yeah. This is all awesome, Bibs. I have one non schmodown related question for you. Yes. Okay. Has to do with the television show. Okay. Okay. Have you ever heard of a show that was canceled after a season and a half mm -hmm. that starred Pamela <laughs> Anderson and Christopher Lloyd called Stacked? I have not. I thought you were going to talk about Deadly Game for a second. I'm like, no, actually, I don't think I know Stacked. Stacked is, a, is about Pamela Anderson works in a bookstore. And the so tagline right. is. She works in a bookstore. Not that you care. Oh Anderson. I care. I think that's a great job. Oh my god. I am totally looking this up, by the way. Stacked is a real show that I had never heard of until the other day. I never heard the one I thought you were gonna leading me into was there was a Christopher Lloyd show on UPN called I think it was Deadly Game or Deadly Games in which Christopher Lloyd was a video game supervillain who found his way into the real world and kept pulling video game stuff out from, like, video games and, like, menaced people in the real world. It was, like, last year, but for video games. Um, I don't know this one either. Yeah. Oh, it's stacked. Wow. Here we go. 19 episodes, five unaired. It was a sitcom on Fox. In two th I, Oh, my God, I do remember this now. I had no idea Christopher Lloyd was in it. I remember yeah. seeing the ads for this. <laughs> that's so funny. that is hilarious wow that she sells Stacked. books not that you like, care not that i care i like books oh and he that, makes that rules the 90s right those are the 2000s oh, 2000s this yeah two thousand dude oh my lord oh five mid 2000s yeah mid yeah. right See, i thought when you said you had a nonchalant unrelated questions i thought you were going to ask about salt cat soap Yes, Soap Cat. That was soap my follow-up. And, uh, and we've got a lot of cool new soaps 
uh, for the new year. Uh, this is our uh, delicious banana soap. I think you're going to love it. Uh, you know what? Our funny on, soap. We got to do this for Ben's right here. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, come on. Take hey, that down. Here you go. Ooh, take those go. bars away. There you go. Okay. There we are. Yeah, we got uh, Salt Cat Soap as our Etsy store. You can follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Salt Cat Soap. And we have a lot of soaps uh, that are available. We're actually approaching our one-year anniversary, so stick around. We might have a flash sale for that. Uh, but we just made a whole new line of delicious banana soaps. Let me see if I can catch oh. the light there. These are stamped with our Luca cat. Can't really see it. My apologies. No, we just made a whole new wave of our honey uh, of our honey oatmeal bars. These are really, really great. Now, it's can like, you uh, eat those, the honey oatmeal? No, you can't eat oh, them. Oh, okay. We like our, our soaps to taste, to, to, to smell delicious, but... You could eat it like it wouldn't hurt you, but it would taste like soap. <laughs> okay. It would taste like soap. You wouldn't be like, oh, you'd probably be like, oh. So don't man. put it in the pantry by mistake. No, I wouldn't recommend that. Yeah, but, okay. um, and don't we got a lot of great soaps available. So uh, head <laughs> wow. on over to Salt Cat Soap on Etsy uh, for all of our wonderful soaps. And uh, stick around because we got new designs that premiere every single month. That's awesome. Wow. Is there a direct link to that or just go to Etsy and type in Salt Cat Soap? Uh, I, can, I can hand it to you. Give me one second here. Yeah. Uh, it's Etsy.com slash salt. Uh, sorry, Etsy.com slash shop slash salt cat soap. I will send this to you. There you the go. Chat and you there can send that to people if you would like. Yes. Um, Hold on. Ba, 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 ba. Put it out there, Frank. Put it out there. I'm working on it right there. We go. It's in the chat right now. It, but myself as well. I have some designs on there. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Schmodown fans have purchased them, and we're very, very grateful to you. Your reviews have been really, really positive. Okay, uh, we got another. Uh, Super okay, one more. Oh, oops. Wrong, wrong yeah. soundboard. Go for it, Frank. If, this is from ASG1982, if two out of three wild cards have been revealed prior to the betting round, can the third wild card be landed on as a valid slice for the betting round? Yes. Yeah. Now, granted, this would, this, this would affect your strategy of it. There's another reason why it's, it's awesome that now we can spin away from it. So let's say, for example... I'm playing Janine. Uh, Janine spins Spinner's Choice, gets a wild card, gets Spinner's Choice. I get a wild card and I get Opponent's Choice. And now we know that that's a random category. Whoever is ahead can decide to test their luck. Maybe they can catch their opponent off guard, get a few extra points, or not. Or it could go another way. We both know that uh, that card that is left is Opponent's Choice. So I know to spin right the hell away from that if the opportunity right. comes my way. So this is just another element of strategy. I love all of this. I do. Yeah. I really love all this. And I love that y'all took this task seriously as you do with everything and you saw it through with the utmost fidelity. And William the Beast Bibiani, you are not only a patron saint and a salt cat soap uh, 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 peddler, I guess would be <laughs> a, a term I could use. That just doesn't sound great, though. Yeah, That's not what I was looking fine. I guess it's fine. A monger, fine. It's not the word soap I was looking monger. Soap monger. I, I mong soap. <laughs> yeah, mong. Uh, much like Stephen Root mongs water on Mo, uh, Motespa, <laughs> I, I mong soap. Um, I love it. I've been watching Boba Fett. You're, uh, you're a gentleman and a scholar and a one half of the greatest team of all time in the movie trivia showdown. One half of the team's champions and a former singles champ. Maybe. Going for that two-time singles champion. Maybe William Bibiani takes over all divisions. You never know what this I'm man's not gonna, I'm not even dipping my toe in Star Wars. There is no chance <laughs> But you left the door open. Back. I would do it for charity. How's that? I would do it for charity. All right. If there's ever a thing where it's like, hey, is, we'll donate five bucks if Bibbs gets a Star Wars question right. 
I'd be like, crap, I really got to study. I want to give all that money to charity. Uh, but uh, other than that, I probably wouldn't. No, that's that. But, that's but you, be, but as Bruno Mars and, and Anderson Pack of Silk Sonic said, you left the door open for inner geekdom. Are you leave the door? Uh, I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna jump into inner geekdom. However, that's another one where if they wanted to do, if they wanted to do an exhibition match, where like some of the singles players who never played inner geekdom want to compete in inner geekdom, and want to do that as an exhibition, I would love that. That would be a lot of fun. But no, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna have the time, unfortunately, to do nothing but study inner geekdom movies. That's that's a level of uh, expertise that I admire, but I do not have that option, unfortunately, <laughs> right. within my life. Uh, so kudos to all you inner geeks and players. Kudos to all you Star Wars players. I know Star Wars players who've literally seen Star Wars like the hundreds and not thousands of times. I don't have that time. So I, I marvel at everything you do, but unless it's an exhibition or something, I am a teams and singles player. If they ever add a horror division, I am there. Mm. Potentially, there's other visions as well, but no one's talking about that to the best of my knowledge. But I do want that to be known. If there's ever a horror division, I'm there day one. Well, I, and I think you might have that championship around your waist in horror as well. William the Beast Bibiani, we appreciate you as always. Make sure you support Salt Cat Soaps, of course, on Etsy. Frank Jenga Janish, yeah, congratulations, a- man. You're wearing a red hat that you have no <laughs> idea what you're representing. You can follow Thanks. him at FrankieJ29. Might as well Brad Gilmore at Brad Gilmore on all social media. Make sure uh, you support. Are the award not the, the nominations are out? The voting is out. The voting is over. Voting's right? done. Voting is done. Voting's done. Hopefully, everyone out there made a right decision. I hope y'all made the right decision. There's only one decision to make, and hopefully, it was the right one. It all depends on how you look at it. We all have our own certain point of view. That's true. Certain. <laughs> All right, we're this Frankie J. I'm enjoying it. MPLD. Yeah. I'm the Bo This is your Spoda Rundown. We'll see you next week. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.